Like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and co-host Ida Serena Lee. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Hello and welcome to Shift Happens. I am Karin Weary, your host, and when I'm not here, I am your licensed marriage and family therapist and breakthrough life coach because when you work with me, you are going to have some serious breakthrough and in interrupting the patterns that are keeping you stuck. And what is usually what is keeping you stuck is some sort of event that has happened. I call it from my perspective, a trauma, whether you want to call it a trauma or not. (laughs) The thing is, it's something that's happened to you and it's keeping you stuck. And that's what many times is that little bit of, you know, you want to do something, but you're holding yourself back or you're afraid to do it and you're overthinking and you're, you know, creating catastrophe scenarios in your head and all of those different kinds of things. It's all there for a reason. And when we can get to the root cause of it, then we can we can just flush it out so that you don't have to fight so hard with yourself all the time to make things happen. And that's what I do. And the modality that I use it for the majority of people can clear these things out in one to six sessions. So you can find me on Insights Counseling Center. You can call me at 386-848-5170. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn. And uh, yes, so today, you know that I'm here to bust myths, to create awareness, to educate and help uh, you in uh, all of us to find ways to make this world a better place, to heal from the inside out. And, and, you know, there are a lot of things that are internal and there are things that are external. And so there are, uh, as we had talked about this a couple of times before on a couple of other episodes, I've kind of worked on different levels with different people um, about the topic of today, which is human trafficking, which is modern day slavery, basically. And it is so uh, pronounced, it is global, and it is pillaging us of our youth, of our children, of our young people, adults as well. And it's not something that just happens in other countries. It's not just in Thailand and Asia and Africa and those places. It is also right here in our backyard. Uh, And my guest today, I'm really honored and and happy to have my guest on here today because um, she truly has a passion for this. And and this is why, you know, we uh, are connected right now, her and I, because we both, uh, you know, work in the area of trauma and and promoting humanity and helping people out so that we can create health and healing and, and love in the world because... We all need more of that. So my guest today 
is Ashley Bellargen, and I probably didn't say it right again, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> she is the shareholder of Bellargen uh, Law Firm, a law firm that specializes in family law, domestic violence, and human trafficking. She sits on the Executive Council of the Animal Law Section of the Florida Bar and chairs three committees of the Animal Law Section. She's the chair of the board of Catalogue House, a nonprofit <laughs> Did I say that wrong too? It's Cataly House. It's okay. Cataly. It must be French as well. <laughs> okay, let's see how, how much further I can get along in this description without butchering more names here. It's a nonprofit that helps human trafficking and domestic violence survivors. She's the co-chair of the CLE Committee of Young Lawyers Section of the Orange County Bar Association. She is the co-chair of the Outreach Committee of the Seminole County Human Trafficking Task Force. Ashley has lived in Orlando for 14 years and she has deep ties to the city she calls home. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Yes, yes. So, so you uh, obviously have a big heart for um, for people and 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 animals as well. I see you do a lot of work <laughs> I with <am>. animals. <laughs> I, yes, animals are very close to my heart. I was actually going to be an animal law attorney if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now. So, animals have a very close place in my heart. So, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So, um, so tell me a little bit about or us about what got you on the path of helping people with human trafficking and um, and domestic violence. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe I might have told you when we had our talk when I when I first met you, but I'm going to tell everyone so um, they know. Actually, why I do human trafficking and family law and domestic violence is because, honestly, um, I prayed about it and I just really felt God was really leading me towards it. I was not going to do this area. I was actually very adamant that I would never do family law um, ever. And I said that many numerous times in my life. <laughs> so but um, I was studying for the bar exam and I just felt um, I just saw signs all over like actual physical signs about human trafficking billboards and I was like oh this is this is really heavy I'm like I don't I'm like I don't want to know about this because I was studying for the bar exam and um, when you're studying for the bar exam you're already kind of mentally losing it already so I'm <laughs> like am I losing it or is it just the bar exam is this something I should know so I just prayed about it for months and I was like God is this what you want me to do is this something you want me to um, pursue because I was going to be an animal law lawyer. That's what I wanted to do. That's where I wanted to go. And I already made the connections and everything. I already knew what I was going to make happen. So I just prayed about human trafficking for a while. And um, God just revealed it to me. He was like, this is what I want you to do. And I was like, okay, uh, let's make it happen. So uh, my first year of practicing was actually incredibly difficult. You would think, oh yeah, so God's just going to put it. And it just, everything flowed right away. And it's been a magical journey. And that was completely the opposite of what actually happened. So my first year of practicing, what I was actually doing, um, I was running into a nonprofit, like a human trafficking nonprofit, see if I could help, be, uh, like do free uh, legal hours or maybe just being a volunteer. And I was having a very difficult time. I was trying to get work at the like uh, federal level, local government, state government, like local community. And I just had a lot of problems with it. And then I was trying to get a job with either the prosecutor, public defender, a nonprofit, anything that I could to help human trafficking survivors, but that wasn't helping either. So that went on for like a year after I passed the bar exam and I was like starting to get really restless. And I was like, God, I was like, what, what the monkey? I was like, you've called me to do this and it's not working. Like what's going on? 
So anyway, so when the virus happened last year, uh, what happened was I had two full-time jobs. I had my attorney job, not really making that much money. And then I was still serving full-time because my attorney job, I wasn't making enough to live. So COVID hit, both jobs were completely gone overnight. And I just spent some time with God and I'm like, God, what's going on? I've been practicing for a year. You called me to do this and nothing's happening. And he was like, it's time to open your own firm. And I was like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. And I was like, what area of law do you want me to do? And he's like, family law. And I was like, no, 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 that's, that's definitely not going to happen. And I was like, well, why do you want me to do family law? And human trafficking instantly came to mind. And I was like, okay. So that's what I did. And I opened my firm at May, uh, very end of May of last year. And this is what I've been doing since, um, and it's been amazing. Um, I did start off, and I was able to get into an amazing nonprofit I was able to volunteer with um, for about a year. Um, they're called um, uh, United Abolitionist. It was an amazing um, nonprofit that helps survivors and everything like that. So that's how I got my foot in the door, and then God's just been opening so many amazing doors with so many opportunities to help survivors. So that is my very long-winded, try-to-condense story of how I got into human trafficking. So so it's been it's been an amazing journey, though. It is not um, it is definitely something I've been called to because it's uh, once you start getting into it, it's it's pretty heavy. It's pretty hard yeah. when you hear about what's going on um, and all the things that are really terrible going on with it. Um, would you like I don't want to overtake your show. Would you like me to talk about uh, about some of the statistics and what's going on in our country with it? I don't want to overtake any of your questions. I, I want to. Okay. So, um, so a lot of people, uh, when they think about human trafficking, like sometimes people might think of, oh, okay, it's in like, you know, underdeveloped countries and it's going on like dark places no one knows about. And, or maybe it's like, you know, you're sold off to like the highest bidder or maybe people are in chains and stuff like that. Cause that's kind of how Hollywood kind of like glamorifies it. That's not how it's going on at all. It's actually in every single state of the United States going on in every state probably every town maybe not every town I don't know that for sure but it's definitely for a fact going on in every state um, Florida it leads uh, the nation we're third Central Florida is third in the country for um, human trafficking phone calls. So it really is that big of a problem. We're behind California and Texas for human trafficking. Um, it is a huge problem. It's a, about $150, $150 billion a year industry. Um, and the last statistics that I read um, for children being trafficked was uh, 11 to 14. So usually start 11, 14, um, children are recruiting children in schools, high schools, middle schools. So um, I don't know if people really comprehend that, but children are trafficking children. Um, mm -hmm. Your apps, your children's apps, definitely make sure you know what your kids um, are doing. There's a lot of secret apps. Um, so oh, a secret app would be like, it looks like it's a regular app, but it's actually a completely different app of what you think it is. Really mm -hmm. a common one would be a calculator. So if you see two calculators in your child's phone, one's a secret app. So it is very, wow. yeah. Um, I don't remember what the calculator app is, but there's a lot of apps like specifically for sending um, sexual photos, videos. Um, you can get money for that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's really big business. Um, TikTok is huge 
for human trafficking, huge because, um, you know, young people like, like teenagers and stuff, like kids are very smart and how they communicate is with pictures, videos. So like, they're not on Facebook. Like if you're like 30 and under, like they're not really on Facebook. That's for like the older people. So they're going to be on TikTok, Instagram, video stuff that you can show um, photos. And I mean, it's really bad. It's really bad. So how traffickers or pedophiles will get to them is what they will do because young people, they're always like tagging where they are, who they're with and say um, like this one trafficker or this one um, pedophile, they're like, their name's John and John will start liking their friends or start following their friends. And now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, John's really cool. He's friends with everyone. And that's usually like, that's how it starts. So um, yeah. Yeah. So as a parent, you know, what are some things, you know, you mentioned a couple of specific ones, but what, do you have like a list of, of things for parents to look out for and talk with their kids about? Sure. I can absolutely. Um, I've seen it uh, with training um, with uh, some nonprofits like Paving the Way is a really amazing organization that's a nonprofit. And what they do is they actually go to schools to teach the children themselves. So they're not teaching the parents, they're teaching the kids. So kids are very aware. I'll get that. And I, I have no problem sending it to you if you want to disperse it. I can't remember um, what it's called, but there is it, it, there is a list and it, it's pretty lengthy of all mm. of the of like the apps and how many apps there are and everything. I mean, there's a lot. So if you were a parent, I would highly suggest you talk to your kids because, and I know a lot of parents and it's a, it's a conversation you don't want to have. I completely understand, but it's a conversation that needs to be have with your children. Like, you know, and like a lot of kids that are targeted are usually kids with low self-esteem. So doesn't mean if you don't have low self-esteem, if you're not depressed, that you won't be targeted. But usually kids who are really depressed, um, who are really sad, who are lonely, looking for love and affection, those are kids, those are usually the targets. Not usually the kids that are really like, you know, full of energy and have high self-esteem. They still can be targeted. And I mean, no one's like exempt from it, but it's usually the ones that have like low self-esteem. So, um, and yeah, and what happens in schools and everything is that kids are going up to other kids like hey you want to know about a way to make money and honestly a lot of times your parents aren't going to know like they really don't because they're still coming home when they're supposed to they might go away on the weekend and stuff like that so they might do it on the weekends or they might do it in the time that when they leave school to when they come home so honestly you really don't know what they're doing and i know it's really scary but it's very real and it is happening all over so And we've had actually Jen Edwards uh, here on the show with okay. Paving the Way. And yes, and so she actually does what she shared that she does. They do have a parent education piece of what they do as mm-hmm. well. So yes, definitely. I will also uh, post that information uh, underneath here uh, if you're watching us on Facebook because um, she actually was able to get through. I think last I heard that this is education that's supposed to be part of all school curriculums in the whole. I think US. she's working on that now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think she's mm-hmm. actually working on that now. Um, Cause I mean, it really, it's really that big of a deal. I mean, like people really need to be aware of how big of a problem it is. It's, it's going on. Um, it's going on everywhere. Like, you know, hotels, massage parlors, like, I uh, just, oh my gosh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And and so uh, when we're talking about Central Florida, um, you know, and uh, is do you know uh, specifically if there's any particular ties or relation to uh, the big uh, Orlando uh, entertainment <laughs> field? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that is a great question. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, without saying any names, we'll say the entertainment industry in Orlando is well aware of what is going on. It's usually not dealt with because um, it's bad publicity and you don't mm. want to really deal with it. Doesn't mean they're not, doesn't mean there's not training. I know there is training. I do know that for a fact, but we'll just say um, it's avoided by certain organizations because it's it brings bad press so Mm -hmm. it's not uh, they don't want to look at it or anything and I'll just leave it at that without naming any names um (laughs) so but yeah no it really is a huge deal and it's not just going on in like low-end hotels it's going on in very high-end hotels um so like you you really don't know like high-end massage parlors and everything like that in nice hotels it's not just raggedy looking very questionable um uh parlors or anything like that but in orlando there are a lot of dark or central florida like dark massage parlors so if you're if you're looking at a massage parlor and all the windows are blacked out that is a very big red flag um you probably shouldn't go there and those people there are probably being trafficked um i will say that uh you do not want to go in to a massage parlor or, and ever be like hey are you being trafficked because that's not going to get you anywhere. So yeah, they're um, not going to say yes because they're they're, they're being watched and they're being watched (laughs) and there's very likely cameras in there. So they're, you're not, they're never going to say that. Um, Survivors are never going to say yes. I'm being trafficked. That usually comes after like a lot of counseling, psychological trauma and everything like that. And you have to go in counseling for quite a while. A survivor is very unlikely not going to say that they are being trafficked. They, They have to go over some intense counseling for that to happen. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're getting ready to roll into a couple of messages here, but um, yeah. So um, yeah. So the, some of the other pieces that I want to get to after the break is um, how specific, and, and really I'm curious how you introduced, you know, talked about your first year and how it was really difficult for you to get in and do the work. Um, Yeah. If it's possible to to share a little bit about that, that when we come back, because it seems like, well, uh, who wouldn't want to uh, delve into this and end this, this, horror that is going on all over the place so yeah (laughs) well we are yeah we are talking with ashley bellargen (laughs) that's how i'm gonna say it okay (laughs) family attorney uh, against her will (laughs) ordered by god (laughs) to help people with domestic violence and human trafficking and we are going to be back to talk more about this huge issue uh, that is right here and smack in front of our faces every single day and most people don't even know and this is where the education and awareness comes in because when we know we know what to look for and know what to do we can actually be a part of the solution rather than Walking, I love my little happy bubble, but we, we do have to also be aware of what's going on out in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll be back right after these few messages. <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Insights Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Healy is a holistic wellness device used to balance and support the body's bioenergetic field. It can analyze imbalances on our physical, mental, emotions, and energetic fields and recommends programs and frequencies to bring them back into balance. For your complimentary analysis, contact Karin Weary at 386-848-5170. Visit her website at insightscounselingcenter.com or reach out to her at karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone, and I am Karen Weir, your host of Shift Happens. We are here today talking about human trafficking because that is such a huge, huge industry. I'm, it's sad to say it's an industry, but it is a business and it's big business and lots of money. And it's a, it, it's, it is a crime against humanity, and it's going on right in front of our faces. We don't even know it. And my guest today is Ashley Bellargen of 
<laughs> Belle Argent for a law firm. She is a family attorney and she works in human trafficking uh, against her will. <laughs> she, <laughs> she had orders from God to go do this work. And here she is uh, doing this important work and helping people who have gotten involved in. Yeah, that, that's another thing I want to uh, get a little bit uh, more clarity on how specifically do you help people. But before we roll into that, uh, you started the first segment talking about how really challenging it was for you to get into this field. You were looking on the federal level and local level and whatever. So I'm curious what, what um, because like I said, it seems like there should be they should need as much help as possible. So if someone's banging on the door, hey, can I come in? I would say, hey, come on in. Um, yeah. You would think. You would think. So so what actually was happening, and now that I've been doing this, oh, and like I am not some amazing like expert by any means, or like I've been doing this for a year. So honestly, now that I've been doing it, I think with the real reason what it is, is one, trust in this field is incredibly low. So there's um, people that say they want to do this for, the, and you know, I'm sure they have the right intentions and they want to do this for the right reasons and help the survivors. But human trafficking is so overwhelming. It is not like you're just helping, you know, like a Girl Scout or something like this is incredibly traumatizing. And the amount of trauma that these people are going through, it is very hard and difficult to try to comprehend and understand because people, um, I mean, really, like when you stop and think about it, like this, these people are being raped over and mm -hmm. over and over again. And these are also children as well. So yeah. it's not just like someone's, hey, I need money. That's not what it is. Most people don't don't prostitute themselves. I mean, yeah, there's some people that are willing, but most people do, are never going to go actually voluntarily prostitute themselves. So they give them drugs and it's just like, and it, I mean, it's really hard to comprehend when you hear these people like these survivors. And I mean, like, can you imagine being raped over and over and every day, multiple times a day, and then you don't keep any of that money. So what happens is it's just trust in this area and this field is very, very low. So you may come in with really good intentions, but it's just like people get burned out in this area because it is so overwhelming. You overtake the victims, um, you know, overtake their trauma and you like absorb it. So you can actually burn out yourself. Um, there is a medical term for it. Um, I can't, I think it's, um, oh man, it, it's, it, it has to do with when you help like people and you become burned out. I, Secondary yes, trauma. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. thank you. Um, yep. So that can happen. So honestly, yeah. with how I deal with it is... I spend time with God every single day. And if I did not, and I say that very seriously, not to ever push religion on anyone because I'm not, but I'm telling you, if I did not spend time with God every day and have people praying for me and talk to other believers that are in this field, there is no way I could do it because it's too overwhelming. So when you reach out or you want to reach out to these organizations, it might take a couple times because there's usually not a whole bunch of people running it. There's usually a one or, or, or a couple people, maybe a couple volunteers, and they are are so unbelievably overwhelmed so it might take a couple times when I reached out to the federal government and the state government local government their response to me was do it at your local level that was their response to me so that's what I tried to do and then I mean it did it took me multiple times to reach out to organizations and I won't say who they are because it doesn't matter but they're very overwhelmed they're over 
overworked. It's one person doing like 8,000 things. And once you start doing this, survivors are going to reach out to you over and over again because they have so many needs that they need. So if you do want to get involved and you don't hear like a response from someone right away, don't give up. Give them like a week and respond again. I am happy to share my information if you ever want to get more involved or you want to ask questions. How can you get involved? Because some people don't want to work with survivors and that's totally okay. Maybe you can help with like, you know, doing backpacks or like items that they need, like hygiene products, like underwear, clothes. Because when they go to these shelters or these safe houses, they're coming in literally with the clothes off their back and that's usually it. So they're literally starting a life literally from scratch. So um, some really good organizations that I would recommend, like if you're looking for one for children, Paving the Way is a really good organization. Um, United Abolitionists is a really good organization if you want to help train others and stuff like that, because that's what they do. That's what I was telling Karin over the break and everything. So they go to hotels. Um excuse me, like entertainment places, restaurants, they'll go to um, like healthcare places, any like anywhere like that you can train the trainers. They do a lot of that. Um, let's see, Samaritan's Village. That's an amazing organization here in Central Florida. Amazing organization. They will take survivors and they will help try to give them like a better life and get a job and start going to school. Like I, um, I have a mentee through them and they're such an amazing organization. They really, really want to help others. So there are some really amazing organizations that are making a difference for the better and um yeah so don't give up so if you don't if you don't hear right away it doesn't mean they don't want you they're just trust is very hard and they need to make sure that you know you are in it for the right reasons because sometimes people say they want to help survivors and they're not here for the right reasons and it could be maybe a trafficker that's trying to say they want to help them so you really have to make sure you really are here for the right reasons because it is very heavy and it's very overwhelming when you do it so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And you touched on a couple of things. One uh, was with regards to nobody wants to sell themselves, you know, and sell their body or for sex or whatever. And even the people who do it voluntarily, I will guarantee you 100% of those people who do it supposedly voluntarily have their own trauma. That, absolutely. You know, they were molested, sexually abused somehow or somehow mm-hmm. or another because nobody Nobody wants to do that. Come on. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, that's, uh, that's such a big thing on my heart. Uh, even, you know, the people in the, in the, you know, strip, you know, clubs and whatnot, and gentlemen's clubs, I always hate how they call them that. It's like, come on. Um, you know, I don't believe that any, any person that works there is, even if they're not human traffic, but they have, they have a trauma background that puts them there. So, yeah, but, they, usually, they usually do. Yeah, you're, you're correct. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's, it's, they're coming from a place of, of, I'm not worthy and whatever else comes with that kind of trauma. And I love how you uh, really touched on how important it is for people who do this kind of work, whether it's legally or, or as a therapist or volunteer or whatever level that you are, how that secondary trauma is real. It's, it's, this is, it doesn't matter how long, this is why I talk many times about, you know, EMTs and police officers and this, that, and the other, you 
do not get hardened. If you do, then it's because it's it's secondary trauma. And and when you start finding yourself that you're losing your emotions, you're losing you know your your sense of humor and all those kinds of things. Those are signs of burnout and secondary trauma. Um, and it it's something that's really important to take care of yourself. So for you, actually, you you have a strong spiritual connection, which is fantastic. And we have to have something we have to have really build good self-care um and and so is that something that you know that people that you work with who do this kind of work that they uh, have maybe other is that part of the training also that you get or probably should be part of the training (laughs) of people who go into this how do you take care of yourself so that you can continue to do the work you're doing Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes it is. Um, I've seen it with some trainings. I've been to different organizations and that is one thing they do say, you know, you got to take care of yourself. And I've been to trainings that literally have just talked about this. So I don't know if um, I would hope like uh, every organization that all the, if all they do is human trafficking, I would hope that they have, you know, take care of yourself, talk to others, maybe get your own kind of counseling. There was another organization I meant to say that I totally forgot until um, you were, um, until I afterwards, but Harbor Hope International is another really good organization. Um, So what they do is they actually, um, you can be a survivor um, you can be a mentee, or excuse me, a mentor to a survivor. Um, but if you're a man, you're not going to be able to work directly with the survivors because all of those survivors are actually women. Mm-hmm. But that's an amazing organization, and they're mm-hmm. faith-based, and they're amazing. You'll actually be matched up with another mentor as well, so you have someone to talk to. So you guys can help each other and be with each other and stuff like that. But yeah, absolutely, self-care is so important because you're 100% right. Like If you don't take care of yourself, if you're not aware... I have seen it with some people and I've seen it with people. I know they have good hearts, but I think they've been doing it so long and they're not taking care of themselves. So because of that, they are becoming very hardened, like you said, and I can tell they're being very, they're becoming very burned out because (laughs) I know when I try to offer help and everything, they're like, oh, and like they, they, I've literally seen people that are in this field and I'm trying to offer help with possible like providers or other people that want to help and everything. And I've been getting people that are like, oh, okay, that, you know, we don't want to abuse them or no. And I don't know, maybe. And I know it's because they've been so burned in the past, or maybe they're so overwhelmed and I know their hearts in the right place but I've been seeing that with quite a few people that are doing this that they're just they don't want the help that I'm trying to offer or the help that other people are trying to offer so I think that's a very big red warning flag of you need to start taking care of yourself because when you don't want people who are helping you to have more people helping I think that's a problem because we need everyone like if you really think that this is something you might want to help with do it some Mm -hmm. churches you know are involved in everything and like i said there's so many nonprofits. all you need to do is just you know google whatever zip code you're in and just say like human trafficking nonprofit organizations and see check them out see if they seem you know like okay and stuff because some human trafficking organizations aren't doing it for the right reasons and i could call them out but i'm not going to because that's not right but there's people out there that are saying yeah we're for the survivors and No, you're not. You're there for yourself and self-promotion. And when you forget, you know, when you lose focus that you are here for the survivors, you wouldn't exist without them. You need to not be like, it's about me because it's not about you. It's about them. So, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And, um, yeah. So, uh, so, 
Okay, so when uh, in your position as a you know family law uh, attorney, how do you help them? So how do they come to you? How do you help them? Uh, how do they find you? <laughs> So what? So when you're um, in this field and you get your name out, because I do a lot um, with uh, nonprofits and stuff, and because I'm on different task force, people will find you. So it, um, so I don't, I do not right now have any human trafficking cases. What I do right now is been um, I help you. Like, what service do you need that I can help you with? Like, um, are you trying to get like a residence, or are you trying to have a counselor? Are you trying to maybe get a job, life skills? Like, do you need clothes? Do you need stuff? Do you need uh, um, like housing products or something like if you're in a transitional home? So that's usually where I come in. So how I could help them when they will come to me is it will be for family law. So where the family law happens is a lot of survivors have children with their traffickers or their spouse was their trafficker. So there's a lot of family law issues that people don't usually think about, but it is very um, interconnected with family law. So I could help them with their child custody cases, trying to get their kids back, maybe an injunction against their, like, you know, their ex or their trafficker and stuff like that. So that's where I come in. Um, I could also help with an expungement if, um, so once you um, are out and you're done and you're trying to move on with your life, there is a human trafficking statute in Florida. So in Florida, under the regular expungement statute, you can only get it one time one thing ever in your life and you cannot have any convictions under the human trafficking statute in Florida there's a whole bunch of things that you can get done and even it doesn't matter if you have a bunch of convictions prostitution charges intent to sell distribution like you can have all of these things and get them all expunged at once under the human trafficking statute because obviously you weren't really doing it you were forced to so but under the regular expungement statute you can only do one thing one time but if you have any convictions on your record you can't so that's one thing I could help them with as well so right now I haven't had any of those um right now I just help them just I just what do you need what can I help you with what organization can I connect you with what do you need and that's usually what I do right now but if they were to help um, come to me in a legal from a legal standpoint those are the things that I me personally I would help them with um yeah. So uh, what I will say before we go on the break is um, you can they can sue their trafficker. Um, I can recommend an amazing um, law firm that does do that. They will go after the trafficker. So if it's like um, like a hotel, like if a hotel knew what they were doing and they um, they didn't say anything, you can go after the hotel. So there are and then you can do that under the federal statute, the federal human trafficking statute. So you can go after the traffickers themselves. Mm-hmm where the problem usually lies is, are they going to testify? Are the survivors going to testify? Because they usually um, promise them harm to themselves or their family. And traffickers have gone after their family and killed families. So, I mean, they're very, very scared to testify against their traffickers. Yeah, well, for good reason, because these these people, they're, they're no joke. They're not messing around. And Absolutely. Yeah, and they're usually not, uh, from, my, from what I know, um, not just operating by themselves. It's a whole, it's like the mafia, you mm-hmm. know, it's an organization. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And, you know, and trafficking brings in a lot more money than drugs do. That's why that's why, especially with gangs and it's not just gangs. I mean, people think it's just no, it's not. It, but gangs are a huge part of trafficking because with people, you can turn them over, over and over and over and over and over and keep making money. Whereas drugs, it's one time and then you're done. But a person you can make. I mean, it really comes down to profit. Yeah. And when there's uh, demand, there will always be supply. So. Yeah. Yes. Sad. It is. So, you know, that's where, you know, working on, on both ends, like you said, demand, if we didn't have the demand, it wouldn't even exist. So Absolutely. it's really sad and, and, and sick to even start to think down I these know. lines. Mm. So, well, anyway, we are, are here today talking about human trafficking. What is it? What does it look like? What can we do to help to uh, expose it, to extinguish it, to uh you know, help the survivors who have been uh, caught up in it. And um, yeah, we are going to go to a couple of messages and then be back to talk more about what is this and what can we do and what does it look like with Ashley Bart. Belargen. <laughs> say your name, please, again. It's okay. It's Belargen. Just Belargen. Say Belargen. I don't even care. It's Blah. okay. <laughs> after, right after these messages. <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Healy is a holistic wellness device used to balance and support the body's bioenergetic field. It can analyze imbalances on our physical, mental, emotions, and energetic fields and recommends programs and frequencies to bring them back into balance. For your complimentary analysis, contact Karin Weary at 386-848-5170. Visit her website at InsightsCounselingCenter.com or reach out to her at Karin W. at InsightsCounselingCenter.com. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice of America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. 
Hello and welcome back to Shift Happens. If you haven't, if you're just catching on now, you want to scroll back and listen from the beginning because we're talking about something that's really important and uh, is has deep, deep ties into uh, the world globally, sadly, and it, it affects our children um, in, in, in horrific ways. In fact, um, our guest today, Ashley, she said that, um, that the, the big group that gets targeted is our kids from 11 to 14 years old, 11 to 14 years for human trafficking is what we're talking about today. So this is, this is serious thing. They're just babies. These are our babies and we want to protect them. Not lock down and not let your kids ever do anything. That's the opposite of what we want because, you know, we want kids that can think for themselves. And, and But that's exactly the piece that, that I, I, you know, emphasize with everybody, but also with my kid is watching what he does, seeing how he's making decisions and, you know, and then guide him from there as opposed to becoming the helicopter parent. But anyway, <laughs> this is, uh, this is my guest today is Ashley Belargen, and uh, she's our law attorney who is uh, specializes in family law and does a lot of work in human trafficking. So thank you again for being here. No um, problem. Yeah. So so um, yeah, you were you've been talking about a lot of different organizations, way more than I knew and even was aware <laughs> of that, and that you just. You know, and I wonder is is there a, is it helpful? Do you think for these organizations to somehow be connected, or do they work? They better are. In, yeah. Yeah. So, so in the human trafficking um, field and everything, um, it is a very small field of people that like work together. So, when um, when you do this kind of work, at, like people will know who you are. Um, like and all the organizations that, um, that I mentioned, like they all know each other. So they work together because it truly is a community effort and I cannot stretch that enough. It is not like just law enforcement. It's not just counselors. It's not just nonprofit organizations. Like it is truly a community team effort. Like, and if like all of us really came together to really help, we could really, I mean, we could, you know, you could stop it. Is that really realistic? It's, it's not gonna ever stop, it won't because there will always be a demand for it because people just, it's just how it is. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it in a pessimistic way, but I'm just being very realistic. It will never go away. Like drugs, drugs will never go away either. So, but the key to preventing it is, um, is honestly education, you know, educate people, educate children, educate young people, educate people who are, you know, going through a difficult time of what to look out for and everything and the signs. So that way, when you're aware of what's going on and you're aware of the signs and you're like, wait, something's a little off about this. You're much more aware. So education is truly the key. The more people you educate about what's going on, the better. And the more of us that come on board to try to help the survivors, the better. So um, yeah, because you need as many people as possible that you can get into this. And I think also from where you're talking about education is key. I think even we've kind of touched on it, but if you scroll back to it, is what I what I always say is that when we resolve trauma, you know, at the earliest possible stages. So even when you were talking about who tend to get targeted of the kids, it's the kids who are sad, who are lonely, who, you know, uh, seem to be by themselves, they're more vulnerable. So, okay, well, what's going on with these kids? It's if, if the predators can see them 
then the rest of us should be able to see them and then figure out what's going on there. What can we do to help this kid so that they're not stuck in this space? Because like I said, many times it's it's people, kids who are, are feeling alone, they're sad, they're not heard, they're not, you know, seen by anybody other than the predators. Absolutely. Yeah, we can insulate by that way. Go ahead. Um, yeah, absolutely. And what I was going to say is children that run away as well have a high, a very, a much higher risk of being trafficked. Um, I have two uh, girls right now that are teenagers with DCF and one of them has been on runaway status for a week and we cannot find her. And I'm getting very worried because she does have a, tra- a human trafficking history in her background. So I am incredibly worried that she might be trafficked uh, right now. And my other girl, she is getting her life back together and everything, which is really good. But I mean, she would run away and she would go to her boyfriends or, you know, or her, you know, her friend or whatever, or this guy that really cares. So what usually happens is usually it's not all the same. Every situation is completely different, but what usually happens with the kids or young women or young boys, because men are definitely part of this. Young boys are definitely a part of this. Um, uh, like same sex and everything. That is a huge, huge problem as well. So it's not just young girls. It is everyone. There is no discrimination. There is no one, uh, you know, race it affects everyone. So what normally happens if you're talking about children or just people that are lonely, usually what happens is like a Romeo trafficker or a Romeo pimp. So what they see is you're feeling very lonely and what they will do, they will prey upon that. So, oh, you're really beautiful. Well, if this child's not used to hearing stuff like that, or, you know, wow, you look beautiful today. I, you know, I'm joint, you know, I love to, I totally take care of you. Well, now this child is receiving attention. It's not just a child, you know, it can be a young adult. They're now receiving receiving this attention that they have not received before, you know, they haven't received it from home or, you know, whatever from whoever. So they are very smart. Like traffickers are not dumb. They are very in tune to what's going on and they are going to prey upon that. So they're going to say, well, Hey, you want to hang out with me? I'm going to take care of you. And then they might just start off with like some gifts or something like that. And now they, Oh yeah, no, he really cares about me. And then, Oh, Hey, wait, maybe do you want some drugs or something? And then, and then they will give you like more drugs and then they'll like hook you on it. And then when, ends up happening is, oh, well, now you owe me for these drugs or I, you know, I love you. So why don't you do this? Because I love you. Like it is a true psychological, um, like mind, uh, like mind freak, what they do to them. And I mean, it's, it's really astounding. I mean, they, they know exactly what they're doing and like gangs, gangs will do it as well. Like gangs will, you know, pry on people and everything. So, I mean, it's really sad. It's a huge problem and it's not, you know, just children. It can be going, you know, you can traffic someone like in maybe like a strip club or something, or maybe in a massage parlor, like in it, or someone just with like a job who's, you know, it really is everyone. It is not just a specific area. It could be people that are, you know, have a high end job. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're not feeling love. So it truly affects everyone. Anyone can be trafficked. It doesn't matter if, you know, uh, you don't have low self-esteem, you could have really high self-esteem and then you could be also a victim of trafficking. Um, one thing I do want to say is don't ever go up to someone if you think they're being trafficked and just say, Hey, are you being trafficked? Don't, don't ever say that because their trafficker very likely is probably around them and you might've just given them their death sentence. Like they might now never go out again or that trafficker might legit kill them. It is a huge deal. So don't ever go up 
to anyone and say, are you being trafficked? Um, maybe like pay attention to what's going around. If like pay attention to their body movements. Are they very like hesitant? Are they very quiet? Are their eyes looking down? Or do they seem fearful? Is someone talking for them? Is someone not letting them talk? Be very aware to what's going on. And if you want to approach them, I would say uh, either call the police or something, or just maybe be like, hey, like if they're if that, that person's not paying attention, be like, hey, are you okay? Do you need help or something like that? But just be very discreet about it because if you go up to someone and say, are you being trafficked or something like that or something very loud, like you literally can be the one person that just killed them. So it is that serious. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's really crucial to know what to look for. And, uh, and, and so, um, so if you see something like that and you want to call the police, what are some things that, that you should say to the police? Because many times, you know, I, I don't know if they would just blow you off and like, Sure. Okay. Um, you know, absolutely. So here in Central Florida, now there actually is a human trafficking task force for every single county in Florida. It doesn't mean there are 66 task force. Usually like there's like um, one task force for maybe like two, three counties or something, or just one for like a huge county. So there are different task forces all over the state, but there is a task force for every single county of this state. I don't know how it is in other states, but Florida takes it very seriously. So, and there are, like, I know here in Florida for a fact, they do have a lot of training with the officers with human trafficking. So you can call, um, you can call either the non-emergency hotline, or if you're like, you know, this is an emergency, say, hey, listen, I would like a, a you know, I would like an officer from the human trafficking task force to come out. I think this is a trafficking um, survivor right now. Um, and, and it's really serious and they should take that really seriously. So I know here in central Florida, they do take that seriously and they have um, police officers that have been trained in human trafficking to how to talk to them because if they haven't had training a lot of times they might not approach them like they are the victim they might approach them they're like like they're the criminal because and they're not so um i've had i've had them come out for one of my um one of my children and they do treat them very much like you are a victim are you okay what's going on do you want to hand us you know want to talk to us about what's going on and everything and i've seen it firsthand how much they really do care so just just be careful with what you say to them and you know just you got to be very aware but if someone is very like very standoffish if someone seems very fearful you know their eyes are down they can't you know they can't speak they don't they don't have money they just look very scared something might be very wrong and they might not be trafficked but they might be a domestic violence you know victim as well so be you know when you I know we don't think about it, but when you know about it and you're aware of it, you can say something. So just be aware of what to say to them. And if you're like, okay, I don't want to, you know, say something to them. Okay. Then call the police and then, you know, get their, get the license plate number and stuff like that. So, cause if once they leave, you're like, uh, you know, maybe get the license plate number. So. Yeah. Cause the thing that, that is hard for people to understand who have not been in that situation or don't understand or know about even domestic violence, because it's all about power and control, um, is when you have autonomy, what it's like to not have autonomy. Absolutely. And that's, that's the whole issue is that you have no thoughts to yourself. You, they chip away at you with control and th threats and, and violence and all kinds of things. So, and then, and drugs. So, you know, they're not, they're totally, their brains are totally fried, you know, oh, from fear and drugs and whatnot. Oh, yeah. 
it's so psychologically they just like chip away more and more and usually they're already someone who already either was raped as a child or someone who doesn't have a good home connection or doesn't have really friends or someone who doesn't really feel loved already so this person is already so psychologically damaged and now you add being raped and now you add being controlled and now you be like add being forced drugs and then what if you have a child with your trafficker because a lot of times they do have children with their traffickers and then now you really can't now you're stuck to them even more because now you have a child with them like it is a huge huge problem and we need everyone on board so even if you're like i don't you know i can't donate any of these kinds of services yes you can whether you don't want to work with them you know hands-on that's okay you know if you can drop off hygiene products or something like that or maybe blankets or maybe when they go to get their you know an apartment and stuff maybe you can give them like a, a blender or some you know pans or some dishes everyone of us can help and it is a problem and it is not not our problem it is all of our problem we it affects all of us yeah amen amen so thank you so much ashley for coming on and sharing this pertinent information on how each one of us really can be a part of the solution you know what i how i always end the show we want you to go out and shine your beautiful inner light and that is what this is all about we can help others survivors bring their light out too thank you again ashley for being here it was my pleasure thank you Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.